Today's episode is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Head to thebiggestproblemintheuniverse.com and click on the solutions to check it out. Welcome to The Biggest Problem in the Universe. I'm Maddox. With me is Dick Masterson. Hey, what's up, buddy? And we have a special guest in studio, Asterios Coconut. Hey! Hey, it's, guys, what's going on? What's up, man? It's what's boisterous up? coconuts. I'm feeling boisterous. You know what I love about Asterios? The last time, the last episode he was on, uh, the second somebody called him out as boisterous coconuts, he instantly went on Twitter and changed <laughs> his name to boisterous coconuts. I did do that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, awesome. I thought it was funny too because I was I was trying to get more fan votes. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. All the suck my huge suck up campaign failed. Hey, you're not doing too bad in the in terms of fan rankings. However, when I saw that Boisterous Coconuts pop up on my Twitter feed, I thought it was a fan account. Because uh, oh, yeah. when Dick, when you brought in not enough tits on Snapchat <laughs> is your problem. That was a good problem. Yeah. Well, Why didn't that win? So somebody somebody created an account. I complained on that episode about all I get on Snapchat are Horses and dogs. Yeah. And then someone created a Twitter account just to antagonize me by sending me nothing but horses and dogs. And I guess they were sending you boobs, weren't they? Yeah. This is bullshit. It was called Horses and Tits, the account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guess what they did? All I got Set was horses, horses and dogs. And... and I still, all I get is horses and dogs. All right. You deserve better. Yeah. I know what Asterios wants to know. Who won last week? I do want to know that. Well, let's see. Looks like Diamonds won yeah. last week. Biggest Bullshit. problem in the universe, Bullshit. according to that week. Uh, and followed by people who don't curb their dogs. Dick. All right. Uh, I'm going to call shenanigans oh, right away. Okay. Right what? now. Because I was, I was listening to last episode, and I noticed at the end of the episode, you totally torpedoed my problem. But... Because I said, curb your dogs. That's a nice, memorable phrase uh-huh. that everybody could vote on. But you changed it to people who can't curb their dogs. And I think, I think some listeners agree with me because I got a couple comments. I started thinking about it, right? Okay. Like, what's, what, what do you mean diamonds? Right? Because yeah. that wasn't your problem. That was my problem. <laughs> it, was, it was diamonds as gem. It was the marketing campaign that has made diamonds as a gemstone Appeal to young couples in love. That was the the real problem, <laughs> not diamonds. So I got some comments on that. Uh, I guess the problem should be diamond gemstones from Dustin Zerjave. Um, okay, wow, way to split hairs. You know what, Dick? Maybe your problem wasn't dog shit, but maybe it was just dogs. No, it was dog shit. And then <laughs> I got more comments like diamonds are one of the hardest substances on earth. They yeah. can cut through glass. They're, they have many industrial applications. Next None of head. that was in your argument. No. It was just engagement rings. Right. Because that's what's fueling. Look, if diamonds weren't so expensive for engagement rings and they weren't hoarded by this bullshit evil monopoly, this syndicate that, that exists in Europe and across the world, yeah. then they would be cheap and no one would need them for, they wouldn't be expensive. They're one of the best superconductors. I read this uh, in one of the comments. They're huge, they're like fantastic superconductors, but they're so expensive because of this monopoly that they can't use them. We can't advance in society. No, 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 false, because we can make them. Yeah, but they're still expensive. They're more expensive to make in the laboratory at this time. So they're, you know, that. So you're saying the diamond cartels are driving up the price of science? Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good that's, argument. That's a good uh-huh. argument. That's I'd better also, than your dumb shit argument from last time. It was, I'd also it, like to point out that anytime something is a syndicate or a cartel, it's immediately evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's that's, no like rainbow and sunshine cartel. That's actually <laughs> what it's called, Asterios. That's the name of this place. It's called the syndicate. Yeah. The diamond cartel. I think it's in uh, Israel. Anyway. I, wait, I got one more thing on the diamond yeah. thing. 
John Clancy says, I think you were both too, you were both being too hard on Dick's friend who bought the $1,000 ring. Yeah. First of all, a thousand bucks is like nothing when we're talking engagement rings, which is true. Uh-huh. I paid a lot more and I still had a little voice in the back of my head calling me a cheap bastard. Well, okay. That little voice with a marketing voice. Second, she's going to be wearing that thing ideally for the rest of her life. Yeah. And that was, that was the point I was trying to bring up with that engagement, that it's only $1,000, and it benefits her for the rest of her right. life. Right, you amortize it over her entire oh, life. So is, that, could- is that really, is that what you guys do? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Because, you know, first of all, weddings, the average marriage lasts... lasts hey, we're not going to come... Yes, I, uh, uh, that's... 50%. 50% chance of getting a divorce, right? She's not wearing that for the rest of her life. She's wearing that for maybe well, at most seven years. she's wearing it the rest of her life. She just, maybe at some point she sells it or she's yeah. not together. Look, yeah. all I'll say is when I gave my wife her diamond ring, she like lit up like crazy. And she started singing like, diamonds are a girl's best friend. And it was like the <laughs> cutest thing in the world. Like, my, I'm not going to say how much my ring costs because I don't want her to find out. But uh, it was totally worth it. Can like, you say how much that reaction was worth in a dollar amount? <laughs> uh, it was worth, I think, $100 a time. And she's, she does it a lot. Ten like, times, would you say? No, goddammit! <laughs> ah, you and your math trickery! No, but it was, look, it was super adorable. It made her happy, so come on. Great. No, no price on happiness, I guess, right? Well, there you know, is a, a price. That's a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's a that's thousand bucks. That's what this bucks. guy's saying. Yeah, you know what? For that cost, you could buy a new cubic zirconium ring every month and just have her wear a new one I every agree month. with Operation Lie. Yes. I wish she had done that. <laughs> that, <laughs> Thank you. that I was super duper on board with. Because it's not like fake gold, which will make her finger green. Right. No. Like, what's she going to do? Try to cut glass with it? No. No, you're not going to, you never have to prove it to anyone. Yeah, exactly. And if you do, then it means they don't trust you. And is yep. that really a relationship if Shit. they don't trust you? Right, shitty friend. Exactly. Maddox, do you not splurge on anything that just brings you joy? All the time. Like, like that is worthless on its own? No. Really? Everything I splurge on is travel and good food. Assassin's Creed, Unity. And you're buying it for sixty dollars <laughs> as opposed to waiting three months to buy it for forty. No, I, buy, I, I, I've stopped buying new video games. I wait. I, okay. I wait a month. I'll DLCs. Pay, pay. Yeah, fuck it. Nah. Okay. Dark Souls two memorabilia like T-shirts and stuff. Of course. Uh, look, <laughs> go ahead. But that doesn't count. I got a comment from Christopher Benny. He says, I definitely think that was Zoe Deschanel. So we had a lot of celebrity call-ins last week. Yeah. Says yeah, I that definitely one sounded think, like her, didn't it? That, but that was a really good. I mean, I think. Yeah. Col- the call from Columbo was pretty cool, though. Yeah, he said... <laughs> <laughs> oh, with that date rape shit? He sounds like he had your number. He did have your number. So listen, he says, I definitely think that was Zoe Deschanel who left voicemail. If not, someone mastered the impersonation. Perhaps Boisterous Coconuts has been practicing hard. <laughs> and, then, and then the second comment, the comment uh, that responded to him was from Paul He. He said... Well, after all, he is a digital cyber demon. Because I'm a digital cyber demon! <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. I also got a comment from Andrew Schulke about the celebrity voicemails. He said, happy one million downloads, guys. Hopefully, for your two millionth download celebration, you'll get a call from John Arbuckle or Skippy from Family Ties. <laughs> yeah, really topical <laughs> references like that, exactly. Or, or Qbert. Maybe yeah. he'll call it. Or oh. Balky Bartakamos. All the most topical references. I got a good, uh, I got a comment here. Tony Maine says, hey, Dick, as someone who cleans apartment buildings for a living, thanks for tracking dog shit everywhere. Uh-huh. And I, I got you, a comment. Wait, yeah. it's, oh, he's not done. You fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. And I got to comment on that note, too. You're not going to let me defend myself, or is, is this more oh, apartment what, shit? It's more apartment shit, then you defend yourself. Because okay. this guy, this is from Even Weeby. He says, 
I like how Dick's solution to stepping in shit is to track it all over his apartment building. You're the problem, Dick. Take off your fucking shoes. That actually would have oh, fixed everything. That would have fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time, guys. Oh, next yeah. time I'll pop the shoes off. Hey, I got a voicemail. Yeah. Play play number one for me. Hey, guys. Just calling from Ireland with a hangover. Big family show. My kid won't shut up, so answer this question for him. Maddox, I want to know, what does your shit smell like after you've drank Tabasco? Oh, yeah, and Dick is a fucking idiot. Hey! <laughs> guys. Keep up the good work. The mouth on this kid. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> There's a kid who's been reading my writing since he was born, baby. What a smart kid. I love that kid. What a great country. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah. I hope all the kids are that adorable and filthy. Yeah, and eloquent. That's how you Very talk. Very eloquent. Take, take a lesson. I want all the American parents who are listening to this show, play this episode for your kids uh-huh. so they can hear what a, a real kid talks like. You can answer his question or what? Yeah, what does a, sm- what does a shit smell like after it's been drenched in Tabasco? No, what? No. What? He what didn't ask what a shit smells like after you pour Tabasco sauce all over it. No, I after what you is drink- your shit like? What does your shit smell like after you've been drinking Tabasco sauce for a week? Okay, if you've ever had corned beef and it's been like brining all day and it's uh, you know it's got that cabbage and that delicious like you know you get some oniony, uh, some turnipy type of type of taste to it, huh? Right. And a little bit of you know cumin, the, those uh, those fresh ground ground cumin. Smells just like that. I'd like to point out that the correct answer is, I don't know. I don't smell my own shit. I don't know. Sorry, adorable Irish boy. I can't help you. Ding. That's the right answer. Okay. Anyway. I got another one for you. This this guy sounds familiar. I think he's called in before. Play number two. Hey, this is a call from Maddox from 2004. Uh, Yeah, why would I use the fucking word podcast? Uh, no, no, stop, stop it right there. Okay, guys, guys, I gotta, I gotta go over some voicemail uh, technical points with you. You cannot put the phone up to a computer and have the audio go through. It's not magic. <laughs> right? So, so he's asking. He's basically pointing out how a long time ago I wrote this article about words that I hate. Uh, and one of them was podcast, because mm-hmm. I said it's a made-up term for an MP3 file. That's essentially all we're doing. We're just posting MP3 files online. Yeah. That's all it is. However, it's become so ubiquitous, kind of like Facebook, that you can't escape it. It's something I... Look, I fought this battle, and uh, we've lost, guys. Everyone, we collectively as a society have lost. Steve Jobs and his fucking bullshit-ass marketing has won. That's what everyone calls these I'm, I'm not going to fight it anymore. There's nothing else I can call it that would be more understandable. Ultimately, when you're talking to people, the point is to convey information. Yeah. And the most easy way to convey that what we're doing is to call it a podcast. Yeah, remember when Microsoft had that memo that was like, you are not allowed to use the word podcast with reference to fucking podcasts on the Zoom. <laughs> you have to call them like encapsulated digital audio radio show <laughs> pre-listening bullshit. And yeah. everyone was like, Ugh, you guys lost. This is super-duper evidence that you lost. Just yeah. call it a podcast. You know what I would have even—this is hokey as shit, but I would have even taken ecast at this point, right? I don't uh, mind ecast. It's, E-cast. it's the same length. Yeah. I have a similar opinion about Frankenstein. When you say Frankenstein, you mean the big green guy with bolts out of his neck who's afraid of fire and goes, Mrah. Douchebags, like my good friend Zach's car, will say things <laughs> like, uh, no, that's Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein oh is the doctor. God. And it's like, fuck you. You lost. Horror nerd, you lost. Yeah. Frankenstein's the green guy. You fucking lost. Yeah, you lost, dude. 
I thought Frankenstein's monster was his wife. Oh, wow. Can we hear some yeah. clapping, please? <laughs> you should just ride that rim shot button because you're going to need a lot because uh, I'm on go. the show. Yeah. Well, Dick, uh, I also have, let's see, I have another, this is a very popular segment. It's really taken off with uh, over the last few episodes. What? It is... Dick versus <laughs> Dick. Man, fuck this segment. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dick, uh, I don't know if you remember, you said this back w- around the time. Here, let's just play the clip. Due to the pressure from all my fans coming down on him, they finally issued an apology. And, of course... That was a bullshit no apology, credit. too. It was a bullshit was apology. The apology was basically we found this link to not have, like, news. So that first clip was when you were talking about Robin Williams' non-apology, when ABC News issued that non-apology, right? But back a long time ago, I think in episode six, when I brought in non-apologies as a problem, here's what you said. Uh-huh. So I would suspect that you're a really bad apologizer. Oh, uh, what makes you say that? Because you're insincere with everything, <laughs> every aspect of your life. It's totally insincere. So what does sincerity have to do with an apology? Walk <laughs> me- <laughs> Good question. The question remains, what does it have to do with an apology? Dick. I still stand that the most important part of an apology is saying it. You just have to say it. You say the thing first, and then you feel the feelings, maybe, and it doesn't matter. You've already humiliated yourself. <laughs> Okay. The context that you're missing is this is a major news organization. Yeah. Like, they have nothing to lose by giving the most sniveling, groveling apology imaginable. They can hire somebody to do it for like $20 an hour. Here you go. How can they fuck up an apology? Like, how can, uh, first of all, a news corporation can't be sincere. It is a building. Yeah. It It is a bunch of stocks. They can't issue a sincere apology. I was criticizing it as a business move. Dick, that's actually one of the best arguments I think you've ever made on this show. Bravo. That's actually it sounded super insincere, too. (laughs) So well done. Hold on. Let me do it in a sincere way. You see, Asterios, it's a a building. All right? We're all very sad of Robin Williams passing. That's what you have to start with something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a building, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so that's that's what I got, and I just want to say thanks to Daniel Askew for sending in the suggestion for that dick versus dick. Thank yeah, you, thanks Daniel. a lot, Daniel. <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the problems. It, okay. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before we do, isn't it funny that starting this show has you now have like a whole cadre of people that are trying to fuck you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like half the audience is like, I'm gonna fuck Dick with this clip. I'm gonna send Dick a shitty message. I'm gonna leave a shitty voicemail for Dick. Always at and, the end, too. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. And you've got an, an entire generation, our current generation of listeners, and them coming up in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> They're kids. You guys amazing. done? Uh, Can I get to my problem, please? No, we still got a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dick, I want to hear got? it. Okay, this is based on, you guys, do you, did you know we went to this comet? Yeah. Did you know we landed on a comet? That sounds like fucking science fiction from the 50s that we would have thought we would have accomplished in the year 3000, Dick. How did this happen? We landed a, we landed a satellite on a comet. It's amazing. I don't, know, I don't know how it happened, but we did it. Yeah. All right? So, um... I thought, uh, big deal. I don't know what we're doing at the Comet. Maybe we're going to learn something. I'll, I'll probably never hear it about it again. This, right. is, this, this is these guys' time in the limelight. Sure. Right? Good for them. Well, not so good for them. They had a little wardrobe snafu. <laughs> what? Yeah. They were doing some interviews with these scientists right after they were landing their satellite on uh, a comet. Yes. Something that we couldn't imagine. Right. 
uh, you know, 20 years ago. Just real quick, that's like hitting a bullet with a bullet. Because the comet is moving at an incredible speed. You're launching this thing at an incredible speed. That's an incredible feat. Yeah. Yeah. However, incredible, yeah. the poor bastard who was involved in this incredible feat, incredible, uh, incredible advancement for humanity, happened to be wearing a bowling shirt <laughs> that had a bunch of sexy ladies drawn on it. Illustrations of sexy women. Like comic book characters. Like, yes, comic book characters. Not, not real women. Just just representations of them. Okay. Right? Were, were they were they like naked spread eagle? Like how No, they were just wearing normal clothes, actually quite conservative clothes. If, if, if living in Hollywood, I've seen much worse walking around on a Thursday or Sunday evening or better. Or better. Yeah. So, guess who lost their shit oh, about it? Here's the title of an article I I came across today. I don't care if you landed a spacecraft on a comet, your shirt is sexist and ostracizing. Sexist uh, and ostracizing. Here's the article by Chris Plant and Ariel Duhame Ross. Two retards who deserve <laughs> <laughs> to be shot into a comet. Yesterday, the European Space Agency landed the Thalay spacecraft on a comet, a powerful step forward for humanity and science alike. However, slightly before the big moment, coverage of the, inv- coverage of the event reminded us how much progress remains to be accomplished Back on Earth. Yeah. We're just Neanderthals, huh? We're cavemen with our bowling shirts. A number of scientists involved in this incredible project were interviewed in the hours leading, uh, in the hours leading to contact by Nature Newsstream. One of those Rosetta scientists was Matt Taylor, who chose to dress for this special occasion in a bowling shirt covered in scantily clad caricatures of sexy women in provocative poses. Oh, no. Oh, my yeah. God. It sounds like he's wearing porno. Like, the phrase like that makes it sound like he's just wearing a yeah. Hustler magazine. So he's, he's like a, he's a fringe guy. He looks like a rockabilly guy. He's covered in tattoos. He's got the facial hair. And he's wearing, like, rockabil- a rockabilly tattoo t-shirt. Rockabillies can be scientists. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, apparently not. What, does the article go on? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a very long day, but a very exciting day, said Taylor, the scientist. You know, the man who's doing something with his life. <laughs> and, and, and improving humanity. Right. I think everyone should enjoy it because we're making history. Um, they are. It is like shooting a bullet with a bu- to put it to put it in writers' terms because I know these dipshit writers don't understand science stuff. Right. It would be like writing a book that launched into space and landed on a comet. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I like the bullet with the bullet. And <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, hysteria. So here's where it gets good. No, no one knows why Taylor chose to wear that t-shirt, that shirt on television during a massive scientific mission. From what we can tell, a woman who goes by the name of Ellie Prizman on Twitter made the shirt for him. So a woman made the shirt for yeah. him. It, and is just as bewildered as he must be that anyone might be upset about her creation. But th- none of that actually matters. <laughs> what matters is the fact that no one at the European Space uh, Agency saw fit to stop him from representing the space community with clothing that demeans 50% of the world's population. No one asked him to take it off because presumably they didn't think about it. It wasn't worth worrying about. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't. No, it's not. Fuck off. And also, is this the president of women talking? 
Is this the queen of all women? Does she represent all women? 50% of the world's population. Does she represent 3.5 billion points of views? This is the sort of casual misogyny that stops women from entering certain scientific fields. That's sexist. There it it is. is. Absolutely. If you think that women are so weak-willed that they won't enter science because of a shirt that looks like a... I'm looking at the shirt right now. It looks like a comic book from the 90s. It looks like something yeah. Image Comics would put out. This isn't super disgusting. It's just like a bunch of girls in dresses. It's like, if you think that women are so weak that this will stop them from pursuing their dreams, you don't understand women and how strong they are, and that's awful. Great, great fucking point, Asterios. It is absurd. It's sexist. Yeah, the T-shirt, it's just a, a comic book T-shirt. Yeah, it, it looks like an X-Men comic. Like, okay, you know what? If you don't like it, that's fine. But, like, this isn't the problem. Well, you know, guys, it's not just about the shirt. Uh-oh. You see, because women see a guy like that on TV, they don't feel welcome. They see a poster of greased-up women in a colleague's office, and they know they aren't respected. This is like in an astrophysics lab. <laughs> you go around and you see greased-up women calendars all over the place. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. all, it, just all over the place. Yeah. Penthouse magazines sure. spilling out of telescopes when, yeah. you go, when you're a woman and you go to do your observations. Like, oh, I'm yeah. hit with, who, left, who left all their jerked-off porno rags <laughs> in the observation booth? Scientists in Caltech are tripping. Over piles of jizz, porno, <laughs> porno and jizz. Yeah, I remember when we when we landed that first penthouse forum on the moon. Yeah. It was a really proud day for me. Yeah, a really sad day for women. <laughs> they hear comments about quote bitches while out at the bar with fellow science students, sure. and they decide to change majors. L- look at this that, tapestry. Come on! Yeah, look at this tapestry she's painting of of this poor downtrodden woman walking through her life, just trying to become a scientist. And she goes to a bar and overhears someone say bitch. And she goes, ah, that's it. I think that's I'm it. changing my majors. No. I think I'm now no longer interested in astrophysics. I think I'm going to go into, uh, what, nail salons. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm a home ec major now. Yeah. Is that what happens? Is that how weak these these women consider that's, women? Exactly. I get, according to uh, Chris Plant and Ariel Denim Ross, they are. I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, I'm just reading what I read here. Uh, the, the few who, who uh, persevered, even when they were discouraged from pursuing degrees in physics, chemistry, and math throughout high school... These are the women who forged on despite blah, 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 blah. This is the climate women who dream of working at NASA or the ESA come up against every single day. This T-shirt, this shirt is representative of all that, whether Taylor meant it to be or not. This is a guy who just sent a contraption, you could call it, onto a comet. Yeah, yeah. And this is such an amazing feat that we have done here. Because to even calculate the trajectory of this comet with any accuracy, to be able to do that from Earth, another spinning marble around the sun that's spinning at thousands and thousands of miles while we're rotating, while we have to coordinate that with radio telescopes and other science agencies, and then get the funding and launch the satellite onto this rocket and go through all the bureaucratic red tape, let alone have it successfully land on a on an asteroid in fucking space millions of miles away. What is it, three million miles away? No idea. Yeah, it's about that. I, I think. couldn't find an infographic on that. Yeah. <laughs> so it had to shoot, I heard it had to shoot harpoons into the surface of the comet to land. Yeah. Like it literally yeah. speared this comet like a whale. It shot it with a bunch of guns. It's like This Batman. was a really, yeah, exactly. This was a fucking awesome probe. 
And this is this is going to advance our knowledge just by decades, if not centuries, of, of what we know about, about asteroids and astrophysics and all this stuff. To be able to successfully do this for the first time in history is, is unimaginable. And here we are focused about, on this guy's bowling shirt. Yeah, that a woman made for him. Right. So that's why I'm calling my problem engineering sexism. <laughs> <laughs> you see, because it's, uh, it's a double thing. Double yeah. entendre. It's engineering because they're making up the sexism, right? But it's also engineering sexism. So Dick, We all got it right away. <laughs> <laughs> We're not well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm saying. So, and this, this, goes, this goes deeper than this. I didn't bring it in just because of this stupid article, but... Um, Women in STEM, are you familiar with STEM? Yeah. Science, technology, engineering, and what is it, math? Yeah. Not enough women in STEM always get shit on the internet. There's count, countless articles, organizations trying to encourage women to be in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And they constantly harp on it not being a welcoming field. Yeah. Because of the attitudes of men. And I take, a, I take big issue with that because I think those fields are, are passion. As much as music and writing and anything else that like comes from your core that you would do whether you got paid to do it or not, and that you can't discourage that. You can't say, you know, uh, Galileo, Copernicus got pretty big discouragement <laughs> when they were fucking killed for being scientists. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a pretty big discouragement. And I think, what's that? What's yeah, no, that's a great point, yeah. Dick. Yeah. And I think it's not, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's uh, the attitudes of these men keeping it out of, keeping women out of science, I think it's, you know, uh, the, the, the cold mechanical parts, the sterile environment, the loneliness, the hours and hours and nights of extreme loneliness, the lack of human contact, the endless memorizing of facts and figures, <laughs> the dry statistical theories. You think it, it might be any of that, or is it this guy's fucking shirt? Yeah, you I think it's the T-shirt, kind of- Dick. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I think it's the T-shirt. You know what's kind of incredible? <laughs> He's like not reading this off of a piece of paper. Like he's just riffing all of like Dick is. Oh yeah, like, yeah, to, yeah, like yeah, to watch yeah, yeah. this is kind of master. Well, here's what I here's what I would say. Um, not to play devil's advocate, but guy nerd guys are the worst guys to have to deal with. Period. They're creepy. They say inappropriate things. They don't smell great. I'm a huge nerd, by the way, saying this. <laughs> so, like, if you want to say that STEM isn't a welcoming environment for women because you have to deal with nerd guys 24-7, yeah, I will absolutely buy that. But it's like you can't use it as a crutch. People are going to pursue their dreams. And, you know, it's like if you care enough, you'll go after it and you'll do it. Yeah, can I ask you that, guys, this question? At what point, What? where are all these... Uh, pervasive, powerful messages constantly beating down women and telling them not to enter math and science. Because every fucking time I turn on the I TV, know. step outside, look at a billboard, see a sign in a mag- uh, an advertisement in a magazine, all I see is we need more ma- women in math and science. That's all I ever fucking see. If that works, okay, if those billboards work, shouldn't the opposite also work? What if I created a billboard that says, hey, women, stay out of math and science? Because what if I just started doing that, huh? Are women are just going to su- suddenly precipitously drop off because I created a billboard like some dickhead and told them not to? Of course fucking not. You're going to do whatever you want, regardless of what I say or regardless of what anyone says. If you made that billboard, more women would enter math and science. That's actually spite. a pretty Out good way spite. to do it. Yeah. I'm going to start doing problem. that. Yeah, I'm going to fix yeah. this problem with spite. Spite <laughs> is an awesome motivator. Uh, Dick, something in the article uh, you said. Go ahead. She mentioned casual misogyny yeah okay what what is misogyny uh, as serious what do you think misogyny is i think 
I it's think, a three-word yeah. definition, by the way. Here's a hint. Go oh, uh, tell me what the definition is. It starts with hatred. Yep. Okay, hatred for women? Hey, that's it. That's okay. the three-word definition. Hatred of women is misogyny. There is nothing casual about hatred. You either do or you don't. Like, that's mm. not, it's not, it's, point, it's not like this little degree. And then she said sexism. What do you think sexism is? What do you guys think sexism is? Judging someone based on their gender? Yeah, discrimination based on gender. That's all it is. I'm not exactly sure how this is judging women by their gender, but this this T-shirt. Yeah, I know, this T-shirt isn't going to stop a woman from getting a raise. This T-shirt isn't going to fire a woman because she's pregnant. Like you know, this t- this T-shirt isn't going to charge a woman more for health insurance. There are legitimate <laughs> there are legitimate problems that women face, but when you complain about this T-shirt, you look like a pansy <laughs> like you look like you're so weak that like this the mere sight of a of a pg-13 rated t-shirt is enough to send you into a hole and it's like that's not good is it disrespectful is serious just honestly asking you do you think it's disrespectful look i wouldn't wear that t-shirt especially on tv <laughs> like oh he's being interviewed by like this pretty hot lady oh yeah and it's like i'm not gonna wear like this t-shirt with vampirella on it if i'm like around <laughs> a super hot lady like um you know but but that being said, you can't – every sling and arrow can't be enough to fell you or you're, or you're never going to progress. So it's like you look like a weakling and that's not – no one wants to hire a weakling. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. Well, what's the, what's the number? What is the percentage that we need to have of women in STEM before we've, uh, we've stomped out this casual misogyny? Because I got numbers of uh, – of, graduates in all kinds of degrees like in in every different school of degree yeah business it's about a little more a little more men than women in business engineering engineering is a whopping seven times more men oh, wow. than women but then you got education it's triple the women as men oh that's okay right well no that's natural because it's 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 weird like um it's that- weird to say that it's women are more naturally inclined to education, but it's overtly and crazily sexist to say, well, look, men just like being on, the, being on their own tinkering with shit. Oh, no, no, that's not what I was saying. It's like, uh, it's weird. Like, we, th- I feel like the media makes these roles for people, and I feel like you see a lot of women teachers. You have a lot of women. T- I feel like these things are like generational shifts. Like, most of my teachers were women. It's weird. I work in the field of PR. Not Like, 90% of my coworkers are women. Like, uh, it's, 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 it's just interesting. Like women enter PR, men enter advertising. I, I don't know how, I don't know why it works, but you know, it is a fact. Well, some, some people argue there's two, two prevailing arguments. One is that it's societal forces, societal pressures. Um, that's what we tell women they should do. So that's what they become. Yeah. And the other argument is that it's, it's nature. It's natural. There's something intrinsically that, that attracts women to these fields, uh, because they, they, for some biological reason, are more nurturing. And they've done a test, actually, on, uh, I believe, on bonobo monkeys. And because this argument was made a long time ago, they said, well, let's give a bunch of babies, a bunch of kids who haven't been exposed to society, let's give them a bunch of male and female toys and see which ones they played with. Well, the boys overwhelmingly chose the male toys, and the girls overwhelmingly chose the female toys. So feminists came by and they said, well, no, that study doesn't count because they were still exposed on some level to some societal influences. So they repeated the same test with monkeys, and guess what? The male and female monkeys who don't watch TV, right? Exactly. Exposed to society, and Dr. <laughs> Phil still chose the male and female toys right along gender roles. Why? I don't know. 
But well, that does a, happen. That's a point for monkeys. Monkeys aren't as big of a problem as you said before. Yeah. It sounds like these monkeys are curing the are, are anti-feminist, which you guys love. They're no. curing the sexism <laughs> thing. No. These monkeys sound great. No, I'm not. I'm not anti-feminist. I'm anti whatever it is today that we have. It's not feminist. Uh, that was a that was yeah, a poor I know phrase. What you're I know he's saying anti whiner. Yeah, like yeah, that's anti whiner. That's what. Yeah, we're. exactly. Uh, Dick. Uh, oh, I was gonna ask you. What do you happen to have the percentage of arts graduates? I do. Yeah. Art, art and humanities is about equal. Men are. Uh, I think it was nine nine point four percent of undergrads, and and women are ten point five. Oh, that's interesting. It's about so, equal. So the big ones are the big ones that are in. Go oh, ahead. real quick! I just want to make a point on that. I was I was curious about the art one because it's about equal. What do they study in art when you take an art history class? Uh, what do they What do they draw in the Renaissance? What did they paint? You guys remember what they painted in the Renaissance? Fat broads, yeah, a bunch exactly. of naked fat women. Uh, Rubenesque, please. <laughs> and Rubenesque, <laughs> sure. And did that did that clearly didn't dissuade women from entering the field? Why? Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they're being they're being uh, insensitive towards women by painting naked women, and yet women are going into art and humanities even despite that. Yet this poor guy's got half naked women on his t-shirt, ah, and that is somehow yeah. dissuading. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's an interesting point. I yeah. don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know that Kim Kardashian's gigantic ass is plastered all over Facebook, and yeah. that hasn't stopped women from going on Facebook every day. Oh God! Day, so if it only did. there's something so gross about that kim kardashian butt shot it looks like her butt is made out of crisco or covered in crisco yeah i i know that's supposed to get me to like her butt more but it got me to like her butt less yeah I just I think this is a shameless cash grab. This whole thing. Oh, it's clickbait. Yes, of course that's well, even for these absolute- organizations because I w- I was like, well, is it about the money? First of all, they only care about science and engineering, women in science and engineering, because they can sell it to them. Yeah. So here you go. It's, you can make a lot of money doing this. We don't want we don't want you to be garbage men because <laughs> there's not a lot of women. We want you to be in science and engineering. Sure. And also, uh, hey, all you tech companies. Why don't you give us some dough so you can get some good PR about encouraging women to do something they don't really want to do? <laughs> I uh, Look, I agree that this article is outrage porn. It's clickbait. Someone found an angle and they took it and you know, they probably made some money on the advertising. So I guess good for them, but it's just really cynical. Yeah, interesting problem, Dick. Yeah, good, good I, got one, I got one more point. Uh, yeah. The medium job for people with a computer degree is around $80,000 to $100,000, and a teacher's salary is down towards uh, fifty grand. Look, if you can't logically get into engineering just based off of those two numbers, you're not a fucking engineer. I got bad news for you. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole profession is based on being able to say, well, 100000 that's almost double than that one. I think I'm going to do... I'm going to go that way. Ooh, I'm kind of worried that these teachers are looking at those two numbers and still deciding the lower number, which which suggests, actually, I know a lot of teachers, and they're really good people. They have a lot of heart, and they don't do it for the money, uh, which suggests you something else. You might say else. they have a passion for it, yeah. which is something you have to do when they, you get into these jobs. Absolutely. Engineering good. sexism. That's my problem. It's just, it pisses me off, man. And uh, Can you imagine being like a little boy right now, being into engineering, and all you hear about is that women should be doing it? I don't know. Does that have an effect? Does that have any kind of effect? I, I don't think anyone should be discouraged from beca- becoming a scientist or engineer. We need more scientists, mathematicians, engineers, period. And if you want to encourage your son or daughter to do that, good for you. But if they choose not to, then you should probably encourage what their natural path is, what, they, what inspires them, what gives them passion. And if it's not math or engineering, then stop bludging them over the head. Except I 
am biased towards math, you should. But that aside, Asterios, welcome back to the hey, studio. Thank you. You're the first returning guest. Yeah, I know. And- I was waiting for someone to say that. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put that on my fucking resume. Welcome back. Thank you. New LinkedIn item. First yeah. returning guest. <laughs> and wh- so what's your problem this week? Uh, my problem is... Burlesque dancers. <laughs> Whoa, how's that my a problem? problem good. is burlesque dancers. Well, to illustrate my problem, I'd love to play a game with you guys. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, if you wouldn't mind queuing up the classic biggest problem game show music. You got it. I, this, this is a little quiz I'm going to do for you guys. It's called Real or Fake Burlesque Performer. Okay. I'm going to name a, f- a burlesque performer, and I want you to tell me if it's a real name or a fake name of a burlesque performer. Okay. All right. April Showers. Ooh. Uh, is it first and last name real? No. It's a. The names are totally made up. They're burlesque names. Well, gonna, <laughs> She's not like, ah, Wilhelmina Showers is my proper name. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a real burlesque name because the thing about burlesque is it never turns me on. And that <laughs> name, and I always think it should. Like, I'm always mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I'm about to get turned on here. Yep. And then I'm like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah, it's like they put a governor on it. Yeah, yeah I know exactly and this what you're April about. Showers, I'm like, uh, is that like a sexual thing or... No, April showers is something that happens in April. Yeah, I'm gonna say sec- it's not a porno name. It's not a porno. It's not a porn star name. Burlesque. So I'm gonna go burlesque. Okay. I, I'm I'm also gonna go burlesque because showers is a nod towards golden showers, which is definitely sexual for some people. Not saying me, but for some people for sure. So I'm gonna say burlesque. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say you're both wrong. It's fake. What? It's a fake name. Next name: Cha Cha Valor. Cha Cha Valor. Yeah, I'll say I'll say that's burlesque. Yeah, burlesque. Sorry, guys, that's a fake burlesque <laughs> name. Sorry. All right. Okay, Kiki. Saints. How about boisterous coconuts? <laughs> <laughs> Real and hot. Okay, third name. Real or fake burlesque name? Kiki Saint needs attention. <laughs> Kiki Saint needs attention. All Real right. or fake? You know, because of the number of syllables in that, it sounds like a Greek name. I'm gonna yep. say yes. <laughs> I see what's going on yep. here. You're right. It's real. Yeah. Coco Electric. Real or fake? Coco Electric. Fake. Fake. Uh, you're right, it's fake. Big boobs McGee. No, oh, this is my girlfriend. Fake, because your girlfriend's fake. What? Fanny. <laughs> Von, too fat to dance at an actual strip club. (laughs) (laughs) That one's real. Well, I thought this game, when you said you got a game for burlesque dancers, I thought it was going to be like a guess the weight game. Because that's that's the first thing I think of when I think burlesque is, uh, what's going on here? (laughs) Why did you, have you never seen a gym before in your life? (laughs) Guys, what are you talking about? Do you not hate? uh, Dude, I I hate burlesque dancers. I've seen some beautiful burlesque dancers. Where are you guys going? What kind of like There are a lot of beautiful burlesque dancers, but it's. There's also a lot of ones where it's like, just get off the stage. What are you doing? This is gross. Yeah, it's it's predominantly the carnival version of a strip club. What are you guys talking about? Not every burlesque club is Jumbo's Clown Room. If you go to like a burlesque night, it's kind of at some point you're like, I gotta go. I feel sick. Serious, what is Jumbo's Clown Room? Uh, I'm actually gonna get into that a little bit later. All right. I got two more. Okay. Penelope Von Parents gave her everything she wanted, so this is the only way she can rebel. <laughs> yep. Real. And finally, 
Lana Saint, I'm afraid society will judge me for exposing myself in public, so I'm going to show everything but. And even though I think I'm subverting gender norms, I'm actually reinforcing them with every twirl of my tassels. Va-va-voom. Real burlesque name. That's a real... It's a real burlesque name. How do they fit that on the marquee? I it's a I've huge marquee, much like their costumes, some of them. Oh, wow. You All guys right. hate burlesque. Wow. Uh, yeah. I can't believe you like them. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan, man. Some of them are, are, are pretty ladies. I want to tell you guys about an actual experience I had with this burlesque bullshit just last night. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So I'm in town because my best friend asked me to be the best man at his wedding. And I accepted, and I planned the perfect bachelor party. Okay? First off. It's Harry Potter themed. All right. Because <laughs> a Harry Potter themed party. We're all, whose idea was that? My idea. Okay. We're all dressed head to toe as wizards. All your favorite wizards. Ron Weasley, Neville Longbottom, Cedric Diggory. It's <laughs> a real thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maddox was there last I, night. I popped in. He saw it. I saw a bunch of wizards and I'm looking for a stereo. So I'm like, oh, I don't see anyone. I just see these wizards. And all of a sudden, the I turn around and my big fat face is <laughs> underneath the wizard. I, Hello. Welcome to Gryffindor. And they, they did not half ass this either. These nope. were like expensive wizard costumes these guys were wearing to this burlesque club. So you were like Dobby. Yeah, the house elf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. My plan, by the way, with the wizard costumes was that the strippers would see the wizard costumes, think we were harmless, and want to go farther. <laughs> that was my plan with the wizard wow, costumes. Wow, see the stealth bomber. That's what Asterios is. He That's sneaks right. that. I'm All a right. fucking sniper. Did yeah. they think you were hiding a bunch of money under these wizard <laughs> outfits or what? Well, one of them grabbed one of our wizard hats and rubbed it between her two legs for a while, so oh that was God. pretty All right, cool. That sounds like and a worst case scenario. And then Let's... put it back on one of our heads with her feet. Got worse. I was mistaken. What are you talking about? This sounds so cool. It was cool, Dick. It was cool for us to dress as wizards and go to a strip club. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> here's the schedule of events, okay, for my ultimate bachelor party day 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Universal Studios. We rode the shit out of the movies. <laughs> all your favorites The Mummy Returns, Shrek 4D. We went on them all. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Buca de Beppos. <laughs> we went to Buca de Beppos dressed in wizards and ate like kings. Then, on my schedule, from 8 p.m. on, it says assorted strip clubs. Because <laughs> this was a 13-year-old's birthday party up until this point. <laughs> exactly. I thought we'll start out slow and then just go crazy. So we finish our colossal brownie Sunday. I open it up to suggestions. I say we could go to the Seventh Vale or Crazy Girls. Neither of which I've been to, but both did very well on Yelp. Yep. Exactly. And then my good friend slash a huge asshole goes, strip clubs might be too high pressure. Let's go to a burlesque club. High pressure high, for what? High pressure? For lap dances. They, you, they're, they're afraid that like girls would constantly be coming up to them and asking for lap dances. Yeah, they are. It's great. It's yeah. the only place you can go where girls come up to you and are nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only place in the world except well. for Maddox's Facebook account <laughs> where that happens. Yeah, Dick. It's amazing when you don't spend your career alienating women. But, <laughs> oh, shut up. Like what it happens that? to anybody what else. What the book you wrote again? Uh, it yeah. meant it better than women. <laughs> just a little book. Just a little book. Boy, I tell you what, man. The pressure I feel at a strip club. <laughs> oh, man. You gotta get some relief for that pressure. Sure. But now I have never been to a strip club at this point, and I am married, and 
this was like my one chance to go to a strip club. Oh. This was it. I was like, I have the perfect excuse. I'm the best man. I have to go to a strip club, hon. Yeah. I have to go. Yeah. If I don't, I'll be disappointing my good friend Jeffrey. And my asshole friend John is like, let's go to Jumbo's Clown Room or Burlesque Club. And I'm like, no. Like, I see my whole life falling <laughs> apart in front of my eyes. And I'm like, guys, let's reconsider. There's no nudity at this Burlesque Club. There's no friction dancing. Everyone goes, what's friction dancing? I go, oh, right. You call them lap dances. Ah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. So we end up going to fucking Jumbo's clown well, room. This is an epidemic, what you're talking about. Yes. Guys guys trying to opt out of strip clubs <sighs> at bachelor parties. Because I, I planned a bachelor party for uh, that guy that got engaged. Yeah. And one of my, like, it was... At the beginning, he said, well, you might want to check with everybody to see if they want to go to a strip club. And I said, well, uh, there's, that's one thing I'm never going to do in my life. <laughs> it's, we're definitely, first of all, we're definitely doing that. If you don't want to go to a strip club, you absolutely need to go to a strip club. Get over it. Yeah. Secondly, this is my reward for planning this thing. <laughs> I deserve this for planning, for doing all this horse shit for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Any, anyone that does a laser tag bachelor party, mini golf bachelor party, going to Dave and Buster's, you are all pussies. You have to go to a strip club. And if you ask someone, a lot of times they'll say no, and they'll be thinking yes so hard. My <laughs> friend was like, uh, uh, I'll just name him. My friend John was like, I don't know if Jeffrey wants to go to a strip club. I'm like, he's a guy. He wants to go to <laughs> a strip club. He he may not admit it because he wants to look cool. Yeah. And he wants to. He doesn't want to look like a perv, but he wants to go to a strip club because right. I want to go to a strip club. Uh, but and, yeah. we didn't. We end up at Jumbo's. Now listen, I want to talk about a phenomenon I call the quarter inch of purity. Okay. In our society... Burlesque performers are seen as intelligent, empowered women who are celebrating the female form, and strippers are seen as seedy, desperate women who will do anything for a buck. What's the difference between them? A quarter inch of fabric. Oh, interesting. A fucking, yeah. A quarter inch of fabric separates experimental grad student from coke addled trick baby. A quarter <laughs> inch of fabric separates Fifi Von Tees from Amber, no last name given, but when the red lights flash, it gets two for one dances. <laughs> a quarter inch of fabric. The morality behind it is mind boggling to me. I don't know what you guys think. I'm gonna surprise you guys. Mm. I'm gonna say something that you're probably not expecting to hear from me. Dick, maybe you're the exception because you okay. know me pretty well. I'm pretty ambivalent towards strip clubs. Uh, yeah, I oh I got such a I got I got an interesting look from Mysterious over here because so I my friend my friend came here one time uh, all my friends who come out of state especially when they come from conservative states the first thing they want to do is hit up those strip clubs and they they all are super excited and enthused about it and they're like hey man are you are you ready to go to this thing and I'm like oh, okay because <laughs> uh, I'll go there and I don't quite know what to do. I never really get lab dances. Is it because you're a huge cheapskate? Yeah. That's part, <laughs> that's, well, there you go. that's part of it. Now, so I went to a strip club for a friend's bachelor party. It was something like 3.30, 4 in the morning. 
Let's place like rope this along with some bullshit with like table service and free rides and all this other. And as soon as you get there, it's like thirty dollar cover. We're like, yeah. fuck you, we're out of here. And so finally, we get in there. They're like, it's standing room room only if you don't reserve a table. So we pay we pay to get in. Like we we uh, haggled them down to ten bucks. There's no cover. It's like it's whatever they want to charge that night. Yeah. So we haggled them down to ten bucks. Walk in. We're the only guys in the place. Standing room only. My ass. So we go sit down at some table. And at the time, I had a girlfriend, and she told me, I don't care if you go to a strip club, just don't get a lap dance. And I said, fine, because I wasn't planning on it anyway. So these girls start uh, making a beeline towards us, and we start shooting them off left and right. I'm like, And then there's one left, and she comes over, sits on my lap, and, she, and I tell her, look, I know you're here for work. I'm not spending any money, so it won't hurt my feelings if you get up and go try to find another client. She said, thank you for being honest. <laughs> it won't hurt my feelings. You're letting her let you down easy. <laughs> the ego on you yeah. never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> look, honey, um, it won't hurt my feelings. Yeah. You can just walk away at any time. Yeah. Yeah, I said no. I I think I said I, I won't take it personally. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> like they give a fuck. <laughs> uh, this woman cared. Candy cared about my oh, feelings. Oh man, she had you hooked. How yeah. much did you end up giving her? Oh, I I walked out empty pocketed. No, I didn't pay. I didn't pay anything. So anyway, at some point at the strip club, like all the guys are getting their lap dances, and it was gross. And I have some really fun stories from that night. <laughs> uh, oh man, I have some stories. But finally, I I was there so late. It was like five in the morning, and I fell asleep. And Mm -hmm. at some point, I was just exhausted. I fell asleep at a strip club. And uh, I wake up to a lap dance. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to be in so much trouble. My girlfriend told me. And uh, this girl's, like, grinding on me. And and, and, uh, she finally finishes. And I thought, man, I'm being taken advantage of here. Because I fell asleep. Because that's what they do. If you fall asleep in a strip club or something, some girl's going to come up and grind on you, say she gave you a lap dance, and then just take you for all you're worth. Yeah. So after the the lap dance is finished, I reach into my pocket, and I pulled out a 10. I'm like, sorry, this is all I have. (laughs) I gave it to her, and she said thank you and walked off. I'm like, wow, I was expecting a broken knee or two. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But she walked off. And then I saw my buddy laughing. He had paid for the lap dance. Uh, Yeah. While you were asleep. While I was asleep, he thought it would be funny, and it was. <laughs> that must have been a really weird thing to wake up to. All yeah. of a sudden, a woman you've never met. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. But anyway, I'm kind of ambivalent towards strip clubs. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not horny enough for strip I f- clubs. I found, a, I found a wad of ones in my dresser like last week. <laughs> I was putting, putting stuff away, and I, I, it was this gigantic wad of ones. <laughs> and I got it many years ago when I had a girlfriend who, unlike Maddox, I don't bring up the stripper, the strip club subject at all. I just do it and then lie about it. They don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to know. They don't need to know everything. They don't need to know why I'm going. They don't need to know what I'm doing there. So I left with a shitload of ones, because I think I got kicked out for climbing on the stage. <laughs> uh, God damn it. I left with so many ones that I couldn't get rid of them. Yeah. Like, I went straight from the, the strip club. I took a plane back home. And I got out, and she was picking me up at the airport. So I was like, shit, I got to get rid of these ones. I'm going to, it's because she's going to like, you know, I've got a a softball of $1 bills. So I hid them and I planned it. I planned to spend them like a couple at a time, like the Shawshank Redemption, (laughs) like to get rid of this mountain of evidence. Then we, I guess I forgot about that plan. We broke up, and several years later, I found this stack of ones. I was like, well, i got to take these to a strip club. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only place that accepts $1 bills. Yeah, Yeah, take them back home. This is a sign. That's funny. So what did so so, you end up at this uh, burlesque place? Yeah, look, so we're at the burlesque place for four and a half hours. It's f- fun for the first hour, and then it's super-duper boring. Um, I, like, uh, I want to say this, though. I feel like 
there's there's this weird moral purity. The dividing line between stripper and burlesque dancer, I feel, is really strong. And I feel like it's weird. Like, when a woman chooses not to show her breasts in a burlesque performance, the message she's sending is that nudity is wrong, that the natural form is something to be ashamed of. You know who else wants women covered up all the time? Terrorists. Yep. That's who wants women covered up all the time. Am I saying burlesque dancers are terrorists? I'll let you be the judge, but yes, absolutely. They are fucking terrorists. Strippers. They'll terrorize a salad bar. That's good. <laughs> yes, the croutons at it. I want to, look, you guys may agree with me or disagree with me, but strippers at least have the integrity to embrace their career fully. For that, they should be celebrated with Dick's dollar bills stuffed into G-strings or with champagne served in rooms called champagne rooms where there's no champagne and just lap dances. (laughs) We should be honoring the stripper. The burlesque dancer, I feel, is someone that should be mocked, made feel small, (laughs) and destroyed. (laughs) Am I I the only one who thinks this? No, I'm 100% on board with this. I hate burlesque. It's It's a tease. Yeah. Exactly. I want to say just a couple more things. I Burlesque dancers hide what they do behind affectation. Behind like, oh, I'm old timey. I'm dressed like a gun mall. My name's Bell Von Bang Bang. Right. Like layer after layer designed to mentally separate what they do from what the stripper does. Separate. Like apartheid. <laughs> it's got to fucking stop. It's got to stop, guys. Wow, uh, uh, boisterous. I didn't expect you to tie this to so many contemporary problems mm-hmm. and also apartheid. A terrorism, apartheid, what, what else you got? If you got a Martin Luther King reference in there. Well, I have a dream. <laughs> I have a dream where my child can grow up in a world where she can choose to be a stripper if she wants to and if she's hot enough. A world free of judgment and clothing. So rise up! Rise up, burlesque dancers, and free yourselves from the shackles that are your boy shorts. Free yourself from the shackles of your Star Wars-themed belly shirts and your Doctor <laughs> Who-themed double Dalek bras. Rise up and strike a blow for equality! Bravo, Asterios. That was actually beautifully done. All right. Incredible. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> My problem, guys, is Facebook. Oh, oh horseshit. I'm calling horseshit already. I haven't even said anything. Facebook is so big and enormous yeah. that this, this, it, it could be any, anything to anybody. Well, my button's on the H-bomb, baby. I got it right here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to- This is a vote grab, yeah. pure and simple. Oh, this is a vote this grab. Is a that means that you grab. agree with him, though. That yeah. means that you think he's got a point. Yeah, so I don't even have to finish. Yeah. I already won. Go ahead. Yeah, here's, here's the problem with Facebook. All right, first of all, Facebook's become the world's largest repository of link bait, links to BuzzFeed, Upworthy, Mashable, Distractify. That's another new one. Have you guys seen Distractify? No, but I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Yeah, based on that name. It's just, it's just become a conduit to content aggregation mills. It's separating content aggregation by one step. So you're going to this place just to see another place that points – to links to other places. Oh, I like to point out that that's true. I don't go to blogs anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't go, like, I used to go to, like, Ain't It Cool News all the time and this and that. Like, I used to go to all these blogs all the time. I don't do that anymore. 
I just see what my friends link to on Facebook, and that's how I get my news. And that is weird, actually, that it's so – it's like the information I consume is now filtered through a corporation. It is, yeah. and it's really scary because Facebook supposedly is for net neutrality, and yet they control – Like, some, I read the statistic a while back. Around 40%, 34 to 40% of all traffic on the internet goes to Facebook. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so 34 to 40% is being filtered through Facebook's algorithmic choosing. So so all these old websites you mentioned a long time ago, serious, like Ain't It Cool News, say the best page in the universe, yeah. uh, you know, iMockery.com, all these websites, all these independent blogs that used to exist, and, and some still do, obviously, um, people found them organically just through searches or through links on other websites. Yeah. But now all these other websites have to have a Facebook presence, including my own. Mm-hmm. I have about 145,000 followers on Facebook, right? So if I post a link to an article on my website, you would expect that to go out to about 145,000 people, wouldn't you? But instead, it goes out to maybe 20, 30, 40,000 if you're lucky. Because Facebook wants these page owners to pay yeah, to yeah. reach their own fans. Yeah, right. They have turned everybody into an advertiser. There is no longer any such thing as organic reach on Facebook. And when Mark Zuckerberg recently did a Q&A in a town hall-style meeting, the number one question everyone asked him is, why don't you re-enable organic reach? Because Facebook has this shitty business model that they're cramming down everyone's throats. Yeah, I'd like to point out just real quick. My and then, fr- can I oh, say, please. I'm sorry. There's the problem. <laughs> Not Facebook, but what you just said, you you. Fucking, uh, you sidewinder. <laughs> I got more dick. You trickster. No, I you got don't. More. Yes, this I is do. what you're pissed off I about. I got a whole Sorry. fucking page of a shit. Serious. No, Go ahead. What a serious. Look, I just want to say that my friend, he runs a website. It's called actionfiguretherapy.com. I want to give him this plug because Facebook fucked his small business. He used to get a lot of organic reach. His articles would always get seen on people's news feeds. But Facebook won't show his articles unless he buys a shitload of ads. There's apparently, like, some number you have to hit. Like, he has to buy, like, X, Y, and Z amount of Facebook advertising or he's just not going to show up in people's feeds. So now he has to spend money to be seen to make money, and it's really hurting his business. Right. Yeah, it's, there's a video on YouTube called The Problem with Facebook. It's, it's actually by a, a buddy of mine uh, who runs his channel, Veritasium. He did this uh, interesting study about Facebook, and he, he, he looked at – well, it's not quite a study. He just looked at the the Facebook business model and found that it's turned everyone into advertisers, so their motives are not aligned. On YouTube, content creators get a portion of the advertising revenue, and Google also makes a portion of that advertising revenue. So all of their motivations are in alignment. But on Facebook, they're not. Facebook is trying to get money out of you. They're basically using the GeoCities model, which is a failed model. Every time a website on GeoCities back in the day got a burst of traffic... Yahoo would shut down that website and say, you need to pay us extra money. Oh, so, really? God. Yeah. I didn't know For that. bandwidth or for some bandwidth. shit. Huh. That's what, so, so Yahoo, rather than just simply monetize the traffic that's already come to their fucking website, they'd shut it off so nobody would see the, this amazing content right. and they, until they squeezed a couple of dimes out of the poor kid in, in someone's basement. That's, why, that's how I started out. It's just some kid in my, my parents' basement. Literally, I am the cliche internet guy. I was 16 years old when I started my website in my parents' basement. If that happened to me, I would have never gotten this far. I would have been just another one of these websites that were, that were shut down. And that's exactly what Facebook's doing to kids all around the world today by, by eliminating organic reach. But that's not even the biggest problem. I decided one day to experiment with paying for this organic reach, uh, inorganic reach, rather. And I decided, you know, I'll, I'll check out the sponsored content. 
you just have to pay and pay and pay to reach people, and there's no guarantee you'll ever you'll ever reach them. And there's an enormous amount of fraud, click fraud, that goes on on Facebook. These uh, there's a oh, bunch right. of yeah, there's a bunch of Nigerian scammers and people in Indonesia who have set up these click farms that just go through and click on everything in Facebook to inflate those numbers artificially. Sure, those clicks mean nothing. They give you nothing. They don't. Re- they don't return any results. Yeah, it was some ridiculous percentage, like twenty or forty percent of like all cl- clicks are fake or something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Here's another problem with Facebook. They customize your newsfeed algorithmically. So let's say you you God forbid click on an article to oh I don't know Breitbart or or uh, the Huffington Post or Salon or Newsmax, right? They might think, oh, well, this guy's a liberal or a conservative, and that's all they'll ever fucking show you. They'll create an echo chamber of your own opinions. Yeah. Yeah. I want to point this out, though. Counterpoint. Facebook allows us to look at pictures of hot chicks that we went to college with. There we go. Counterpoint, because your topic's so fucking big. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, if, like, I don't do this personally. Yeah. Because my wife is this. But, uh, you know, if one (laughs) were to. I I do this. Oh, dick, you do what? Oh, so creepy. That's what Facebook is for. Hitting on hot friends of your friends. That's exactly what it's for. It's for leaving comments on their walls. Fuck kids in their basement, their mom's basement, writing satirical articles. If I can hit on hot broads of my friends, that's a win. That's a net positive, asshole. And really? if that 16-year-old could hit on hot girls, he wouldn't have to write comedy articles. He'd be going out and having a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah, and if that 16-year-old didn't write those fucking articles, neither of you two bozos would be listened to by anyone right now. <laughs> Oh, my God, he's got us. <laughs> Brought it home, boys. All right, so listen to this. It creates an environment where people thrive on validation. These like, 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 everybody like my status update. So Wait, people, but you didn't, you didn't respond to our argument oh, the, at yeah. all. The college, you, haven't you ever picked up a girl solely on Facebook? Like, yes. Like, Have you exactly, ever not picked up a girl on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, isn't that all you do? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. How many, you know what? Pull out your ancient crank phone right now that probably has a <laughs> bunch you. of fucking duct tape on it. Let me see your Facebook messages. How I'm many, right how many, how many girls chicks? on your phone have the last name Facebook? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All of them. No, but here's the That's thing. That's a good thing. That's right? a good thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. Look, uh, Facebook Facebook is not this this bastion of dating you make it out to be. First of all, Dick, you do it in the creepiest <laughs> way. You do troll through your friends' uh, feeds, yeah. uh, their friends their friends list, I looking for girls. Them. Yeah, like yeah. a fucking creep, which it's is super creepy. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game, man. You fucking losers. You guys are in loser town over here. What are you just like hitting up any random chick and just hoping for a little <laughs> okay, piece of Casanova meat? over here <laughs> writes, <laughs> writes some this like big yeah. personalized love pair Graph. Yeah, how, how many like <laughs> templates do you have? <laughs> you just like copy, paste, replace place we met, replace name, replace time of day, send. You know, I don't need shit from two people who fucking get off and go to strip clubs. Who cares? I actually, you guys just, yeah, what? I didn't go to a strip club. I went to a burlesque club, and that's the fucking problem. I didn't get to go to a strip club. Yeah, burlesque. You know what? You know what? Uh, here's an argument. Here's a torpedo for you. I wasn't going to torpedo a problem, Let's serious, but now I'll work out. Yeah. My hole's indestructible. <laughs> oh, okay. This is going right in your hole, not your hull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the here's the, why burlesque clubs exist. They so, serve full alcohol, buddy. You can see chicks as naked as they're going to get, and you can drink as much as you want. Well, they don't get naked. They're just exactly. in their bras and panties. And that, yeah. I can get drunk before I go to the strip club. Yeah. It's pro- 
What do you mean, meh? There's, a, there's an entire <laughs> industry around that. You take a party bus to a strip club. You get hammered on the bus. You hop out of the bus. You go to the strip club. And it's also California-specific there, pal. I don't know if you want to explain those the, laws, those California laws. The alcohol? No, it's, it's everywhere. In Utah, yeah. it was like that. They didn't serve alcohol. Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Utah, where anything goes. In Oregon. The rest of the country, I, uh, you no. can drink and get naked. Some, some places, yes. Yeah, some places, no. It's different state to state. Yeah. Anyway, guys... Nobody so there's can- a comp- so there's a bias on Facebook. There is a bias on Facebook. Listen, here's the other thing. I am so fucking tired. You guys have seen these status updates because I know we have some of the same mutual friends of how blessed you are. Oh, I yeah, am yeah. so fucking tired of hearing how blessed everyone is all the fucking time. Bless, bless, bless. I'm so blessed, yeah. guys. <laughs> I want to point out that anytime someone tells me they got a callback. Or they were just they just got cast with two lines in fucking Californication or X or Y or Z. I want to smash my computer. Like that is a problem with Facebook that like the minorest accomplishment you write eight paragraphs about and get a million likes on and it's disgusting. Well, yeah. you misers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank God Facebook in its infinite wisdom has given us the power to block these things. So one point against Facebook, one point for Facebook. No, it doesn't work, dude. Uh, every time I see a BuzzFeed link pop up on Facebook, I click hide, 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 always fucking oh, yeah, hide. Yeah. And I it never hides it. it. I can't Be- do it. Because guess what? That's I also, try to. Yeah, that's also contrary to their business model because if those clients pay Facebook to, for sponsored content, they're going to shove it in your fucking face, buddy, because they're going to put the corporate interest over yours every single time. <laughs> As they should. There no. used to be a button. They have to make money. No, they, then, then they should do it in a way that other people have done it. How? How should Facebook make money if they're not know, doing man. this? Yeah, it, With it must sell, sell T-shirts, yeah. sell Facebook T-shirts all they over have, the internet. They have plenty of advertising, unblockable advertising. Their by advertisements the way. are so targeted they can't make as much money as they can with Google, though. But no, targeting means you can make more money because you're reaching out to specific consumers. If I want to advertise my comic book blog and I'm only advertising it to comic book fans, aren't? Isn't that a more valuable ad? How much are you going to pay for those ads? Well, I'm not paying shit. There you go. <laughs> no, not <Yeah>. me. <laughs> you know, they should charge. Maybe, maybe it should be the same type of business model that already fucking works. They're not trying to reinvent capitalism here. They, if big corporations are coming along, like Nike has uh, deep pockets, they should charge them more for the reach for their fans than they should like uh, Bozo XYZ running iMockery.com. Like, who cares? They, Ca- we don't have any money. Come on. Counter- Might be the craziest counter- thing I've heard you say. What? Counterpoint. My grandma's on Facebook, and it's adorable. For my birthday, yeah, she posted like, yeah. Happy, yeah, probably. <laughs> she, for my birthday, she posted like, happy birthday, grandson, love and God's blessings, grandma. <laughs> it, will, it touched my heart. And I remember I started thinking like, oh my God, this like, technology is so simple that like, my grandma, who grew up in Portugal, can understand, who like, worked in a watch factory her whole life, can like, understand it and use it to reach me. I remember just thinking at the time, like, that, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Maybe, so, maybe she's a digital cyber demon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the touching warmth of a loved family member that you would never be able to speak to in the past. Facebook has given you that versus Maddox is annoyed at BuzzFeed articles. <laughs> All right, Dick. I feel like there's a lot of good points to Facebook. I feel like, yeah, there's a bunch of shitty things they do, but there's a lot of good it it does too. It connects everyone on the planet. The purpose of technology to bring us together 
It, Facebook does it. No, it do- fucking doesn't, sucker, <laughs> sucker dick. It fucking doesn't. It fucking doesn't. It makes you feel more alone, more isolated, because what Facebook does is it creates an environment where you thrive on validation. All you claim, all... All you crave is likes on your status update. Your day can go up and down based on how many likes you get. And it, and it disincentivizes unpopular opinions. You need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking you about? You should not care about likes that much. No, they, they've done studies and they found that you get depressed if you don't get more likes. And you get, you get these dopamine bur- bursts. That's why Facebook wor- works. Because people post status updates and they get validation. And then they continue down that path of validation. They realize, oh, this uh, outragey type article I'm going to post about a guy wearing a bowling shirt who landed a, a satellite on a meteor on an asteroid <laughs> out in space. That... That outrage article got a whole bunch of likes, so I'm going to continue down that path of right. outrage and outrage and outrage, and that's all you ever fucking get from that person until you got to fucking hide them. It turns <laughs> us all into, like, Morton Downey Juniors, doesn't it? Yeah. How fucking interesting is that? Explain that. Uh, it turns us all into, like, loudmouths who are, like, constantly shouting super strong opinions just to get people's attention. I know oh, nothing uh, about that. Uh, I can't. Uh, I don't relate. So there's this article, uh, there's a website called Wait But Why, and there's an article, I hate list articles, but this was so well done, I have to bring it in. It's called Seven Ways to Be Insufferable on Facebook. (laughs) Have you guys heard this? No. It's a really well-written article. So here are the seven ways. Number one, bragging status updates. So this is all I ever see. These, These seven status updates I'm about to read to you are all I ever see on Facebook. It's the type of status update that starts out with something like, I'm living the best life. Guess who's got an awesome job? Guess where I'm traveling? Guess what celebrity I'm with? Or you get the humble brags. Things like, man, the keg backstage at this concert is run dry. Yeah. Cool. Sounds I'm like, like a I'm happy when my friends are having a good time. Yeah, no, you get out of here. Isn't everyone dick. who isn't a total prick? Yeah. <laughs> Says a guy great. whose name is Dick. So number two, you get you get the other kind of kind of insufferable status update. Cryptic cliffhangers. Oh god, oh, I hate man. that. Yeah. That's it, guys. I've had it with today, but they'll end it there, right? Yeah. They want the attention. They, they're craving that attention, but they're just going to leave you hanging, like like hanging, like you're you're just like hanging off of their every word, waiting for them to give you a little nugget of what how bad their day was. Tell yeah. us, tell us how bad your day was. The I've, one, the, oh, please. I've hit on a lot of girls with that. Status I know, Dick. Tag. You're fucked. You're fucked. That's a I, great time to get them. They're oh, so yeah. vulnerable. Oh yeah, they answer back immediately. Oh my god, good man. Yeah, oh, I man. I aspire to be more like Dick. Thank you. I I I want to say my least favorite <laughs> status update is uh, uh, leaving Facebook for a while. Yep. Yeah. You know, reach me on my cell if you're my real friend. Yeah. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like you you want attention out of this attention machine that you say you hate. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's the nuclear attention graph. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Please come back to Facebook. Blah. And then, of course, there are the literal status updates. Hey, guys, going to the gym. Or finally taking a break to get some dinner. <laughs> Thanks for the update. Nobody gives a fuck. Not even your mom cares. Come on. Speaking of speaking of moms, Facebook uh, has removed the need to call your parents so often and talk to them because they can just follow you on Facebook. Do your parents follow you on Facebook? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Another visit- win in the Facebook column. Actually, uh, let me follow that up with something else adorable. So my mom... <laughs> Loves playing Candy Crush, and she will text me at 4 a.m. sometimes and be like, can you send me a life so I can keep playing Candy Crush? Yeah, sounds like and she needs 
I will do it. And I will, I'll be like, absolutely. Like, you've given me so much. The least I can do is give you a Candy Crush Life so you can keep playing. And it's this connection that my mom and I have forged over video games that would I would not have known about if it wasn't for Facebook. And I also think it's super adorable. Yeah, I, yeah. Used, to, I used to do that with moms back in the day on Yahoo Games. And it was yeah. just fine. And you know what was beautiful about it? They weren't following me. So I could post... <laughs> I can post about going to a burlesque club or a strip club, or I can yeah. post about how shitty my opinions are, and I don't have to worry about alienating my work colleagues, my real-life friends, my family. They don't have to know. In fact, they can check it out on this website called The Best Page in the Universe. <laughs> and I know I, I know, I don't have to worry about my, my closest friends and family getting offended. They don't have to see my shitty opinions because I never post them on Facebook. But people who don't have the luxury of having a website where they can put their shitty opinions like me can't and they have their parents following them like dick well that's false actually because facebook lets you make groups of your friends that you can choose to selectively share your status updates with i think someone who like builds their own computer would take the time to construct these lists i have and it is painstaking it is so gruelingly difficult oh god you know what look i'm actually on both of your sides on this one i have like a list for my workmates i have a list for my family yeah. i have a list for my humorless family yeah. i have two separate families family list because some of them can take a joke and some of them can't right. but there's always that one person that you forgot to add to the list right and you post that one political thing and then it's like oh shit i forgot to add my uncle to the family list and now he every time i go to christmas he's like so you think global warming is real huh well let me give you 800 facts <laughs> about why it's not i'm yep. like oh god damn it facebook you fuck me yep that always happens invariably happens i've uh, i've alienated some of my own family members because yeah. I have this I have a uh, someone in my family who's very anti-gay marriage so I confronted her about it one time just once and I, I, I just asked her hey if you're uh, trying to strengthen marriage why aren't you opposed to divorce Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, that shut, that shut the conversation down. But, you know, you guys, I think you should just think about the things you're going to say before you say them. I don't want to. <laughs> think if it's, if it's true and if it's kind and if it's... I'm trying to remember this stupid acronym that oh, I God. saw on Facebook. Oh, it's yeah. like, think before you say everything, and it's got a dumb adjective for every letter. Yeah, Sorry, and it would uh, save me so much time if you did that on this uh, podcast. <laughs> 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 so here's another one, another type of insufferable status update. The inexplicably public private message. I miss you. When are we going to hang out? On someone's wall so everybody sees it and you see that communication pop up in your news feed? Having a great weekend with my two girls, Julie and Emily, at the cabin. Love my girls. Hashtag fun times. Dick, did, have you messaged Julie and Emily yet? No, I, <laughs> I'm going to write them down. All right, good. Great. Um, the Oscar acceptance speech. <laughs> this is the type of status update I was, I was referring to at the first... 2012 was a big year for me. I left my amazing job at NBC to move back to Chicago. I started dating my angel, Jamie. I started yoga. Thanks, Jake and Jonah. I wrote an album with Matthew Johnson. I wrote another album that I'm proud of. I got to hang out with Owen Wilson, and I worked with Will Ferrell on an amazing project. I drank the best orange juice I've ever had. That's a real status update? Yeah, that's a real status update. That's, that's, that's paraphrased from this, uh, from this website, but yeah, that's a real status update. I got the douche chills. Yeah. That's rough shit. I get that all the fucking time, and yeah, then it always too. talks about how fucking blessed they are. I don't give a shit. I've hidden people just because they say they're blessed all the time. It makes me want to barf. Um, number six. I've the- hidden so many people that it's just my grandma now. Yeah. And she talks about how blessed she is, and I'm like, you are blessed, grandma. I love you, <laughs> and God loves you too. <laughs> Seriously, that is so adorable. Uh, number six is the incredibly obvious opinion. 
So something terrible happens, like the Boston Marathon bombing or something, or you know, even even if the remember when the New York New York had a blackout a little while back, a couple of years ago, all these people started flooding Facebook with comments for people in New York who couldn't fucking <laughs> read them because they are in a blackout. You fucking apes! They, they would say things like, "My thoughts and prayers for everyone suffering from the blackout in New York." Wow, I'm sure they'll appreciate it in four days when their power comes back on. You moron! When they get on Twitter, do you do you think that that matters to anyone? It's not, and that status update is not about people suffering from a blackout. That's about you. You want to seem like somebody who cares. You want to seem like somebody who who's in it. Yeah, but it's just they would say that to their friends if they were together with them. No, they wouldn't. That's you it. wouldn't phrase it this way. You would say, hey, guys, uh-huh, attention. My thoughts and prayers are with the people in New York who are suffering from a blackout. If someone said that to me, they wouldn't finish it because they'd have to talk through my fist in their mouth. <laughs> you know, if they weren't saying it on Facebook, they would say it on MySpace or they would say it on Friendster. Like, a lot of this shit isn't a problem with Facebook. It's that people are douches. That's a good point, Asterios. It has nothing to do with Facebook. It's not, Facebook isn't the problem. Facebook, oh, yeah. Well, if it was, if MySpace was bigger, if that, that's what this problem would be. If it was any, if it was Friendster, if it was IceCube, Cube, whatever it was, I'd be talking about that today. But it's Facebook, unfortunately. And then the final type of douchey status update <laughs> is the status. Steps towards enlightenment. Uh-huh. Like when people talk about, hey guys, I've had this epiphany, or they'll start quoting quotes from Buddha, or Jesus, or Martin Luther King, or Dalai Lama, or whatever the fuck it is. It's some inspirational fucking quote that they're shoving down your throat all the time because they are enlightened. And what that is, again, is not about helping you. It's about seeming cool and seeming like they have it together. Dick, That's what that is. Dick, please go fuck those girls. For all the <laughs> married guys like me who can't do it. That's yeah. like a big flashing target. That's like a, when a Star Fox villain's like head is glowing. Oh, it's like, yeah. I better shoot that head. Right here. So, so all the motivations for these types of status updates, they boiled them down to these five motivations. Number one is image crafting. Nobody posts the real slice of their life on Facebook, or very few people do. It's always image crafting. They're creating a super edit of your life where everything is cool and awesome, and you're having fun all the time. Yeah, but that's like a scrapbook also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the difference is... The difference is the scrapbook stays. <laughs> I mean, do you, if, when like you go over to a uh, grandma's house and she's like, "You want to check out the scrapbook?" Do you start screaming at her? This is not an accurate representation. <laughs> this is selective editing. Where's Grandpa's stroke? How come that doesn't have eight pages? How come there's no pictures of you taking a shit? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to see that shit. It's hidden in Grandma's closet. If Facebook was hidden there, I'd be fucking happy. Well, it is. It's a computer. Just yeah. stop going to it. Can't help it. It's the only way people (laughs) go to websites. It's the only way you can get traffic anymore because it's ubiquitous. Everyone's on it all the fucking time. Google Uh does the same shit, though. Like, Google controls what you see. No, no. It's totally different. Google does. I agree that Facebook is much worse. Yeah. Google at least does it in an algorithmic way that, that, uh, that drives traffic to your website if people think it's worth clicking on. And they do that by linking to it and creating these these actual uh, uh, networks, these these pathways on the internet to your website. And the stronger those connections are, the more trustworthy the website is. There's a lot of factors that go into Google. It's totally different than Facebook. Tubes. They're like big tubes. Okay, the stronger yeah. the tube is. Yeah. A whole series of them, in fact. I got a, I got a tube It's like a you. big truck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, narcissism. That's another motivation for Facebook. Opinionated, bloviating, like your insights and philosophies on life matter. Unlike podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) The purest form of expression. Here's how you know when your opinions matter. When people listen to them. 
Okay? If they're not clicking like, if they're not posting comments on Facebook, you should probably stop. No one cares. Uh, wow, the room got really quiet on well, that That's kind of sad, isn't it? I, I, that resonates with me because it's like sometimes I'll post a tweet or a Facebook thing and it won't get a bunch of likes and I will have thought it's funny and then I will delete it. Oh, there you go. So, you're val- so validation is I know, changing I'm, your content. I, look, I, I'm saying I agree with that. Yeah. It's like it's dumb. It's stupid. It makes me weaker as an artist. But at the same time, I do it. I'm not proud of it. Yeah. You know what, uh, Asterius? I'm right there with you. I've done it, too. I've yeah. posted things, and I think, well, nobody liked that one. I got to delete. Yeah, watched- I guess it wasn't good. And yeah. it's like, well, what about my opinion? But yeah. it doesn't matter anymore no, because I matter. can't quantify my opinion. No, you can't. And and you get that instant validation, and you, you get those dopamine spikes, and you get depressed when you don't when they don't get that validation. Yeah, today a buddy of mine retweeted a tweet I wrote, and it got me, like, all these new followers. And every five minutes I'm checking my phone. I'm like, oh, how many do I have now? It's like it's like a fucking slot machine, yeah. which is also based on those dopamine hits of like, oh, you know, we'll give you a little bit, we'll give you a little bit, we'll take, we'll take, we'll take. Yeah. Man, if you guys had to lose votes as often as I do on this show, I think you'd kill yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like me, don't like me, I don't give a shit. I'll leave it up. Yeah. You seem to give a shit at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. Well, you find it, you lost, and you flip the fucking table. How many of these tables have you bought? <laughs> this one has a hole punched through it. It's serious. You still don't understand. Nothing Dick says matters. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Right. He's he's made of pure insincerity. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, the final two. The final two ones. Attention craving is one one other status update. That's the friend of yours who is saying, "Hey guys, I'm leaving Facebook forever. Yeah. Text me if you care about me." Yeah. Um, then jealousy inducing. That's the that's that has to do with image jealousy crafting. inducing. Yeah, those are the ones where you're always posting pictures of you at the club or at a pool or whatever. Did I never Hannibal post- Lecter write this list. It's no. very <laughs> negative. What about like wanting to bond with people over similar experiences? Is that not on there? They said that the only type of unannoying Facebook st- so there are some unannoying Facebook status updates. Here's what they define them as: anything they can be one of two things. They need to be either interesting and informative. Or they need to be funny, amusing, or entertaining. That's the only type of status update that they think are unannoying on Facebook. Who's they? A bunch bunch of robots? No, the the article, uh, the author of this article. Haven't you become real-life friends with people over social media? Oh, yeah. I've made some of my best friends in in real life, just people I met. That's the thing. It's like that's one of the things Facebook gives us. That's the way we do it now. But but I used to do it before without that. It just Yeah, but it's Facebook now. You used to listen to the radio and then you watch TV. Like, you know, just time has moved on. You fucked up. You made your problem too broad. (laughs) (laughs) If your problem was this algorithm thing, if your problem was like Facebook's fucking over content creators and small businesses, I would be completely on board. Or Facebook narcissism. That's another that, good one. I would hate that. (laughs) Yeah, wait, what? Or, Or Maddox is addicted to Facebook. What? That with would the be like a big thing. Problem. That uh, would be a big problem. Oh, the like thing? No, I, I've actually... Like culture. You could call it like that. Like you know? culture. Exactly. I actually did a talk in New York for Internet Week uh, a couple years ago, and they brought me out to talk about this very subject. The name of the talk, I think, was Is Validation Changing Content on the Internet? And it yeah. absolutely is. It's, it makes us censor ourselves. So, Stereos, maybe that comment that you posted was really brilliant, and nobody liked it because it was... 
targeted to people to people who didn't quite understand the level of genius that was in that comment. I, that'll never that'll never be there. It's deleted from the records. It's struck from the records. Look, no one will ever see that. I agree that that's my failing as a creative person, but I do that on Twitter too, and on Tumblr, and on Reddit, and it's like it's that, and in real life, and in real life, yeah. If I tell a joke and it on stage and it doesn't do well, I I may not tell it again, even though there might have been something there. Like that's not. It's this Facebook thing's too broad. No, you, I, I think you guys are too broads. <laughs> too hot broads. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> What'd you guys Hi, hit on Maddox. each other? Well, oh, doing? that was you? Oh, well, that was you, serious? You got my hopes up. I thought I had a girlfriend. So lonely. Sorry, sucker. Yeah. I'll see you at the burlesque club. Oh, and guys, this is the final, final uh, motivation for Facebook status updates. It's loneliness. Which is kind of sad, but sometimes people are just acted lonely on Facebook. But it also spreads their sadness. So you just, like, feel bad for somebody. Because sometimes I'll roll over in bed at 3 in the morning. I can't sleep. I'll just look at my phone. I'll glance and I'll see my other friend at 3 in the morning. Can't sleep either. And in, in, like, three, four states away. And she's just talking about how bored and depressed she is going to a diner by herself drinking coffee. I'm like, oh, God, that bums me out. Well, I can't do it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And then there's no way, like, if you post any kind of tragic news, like your grandpa passed away or something, your dog just got run over, then yeah. somebody, then inevitably, like, someone clicks like on it, and they, you know that their intent is not that they like that you lost your dog, most, in most cases. Although my friend one time posted that he was sick, and I clicked like, and I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what? Without Facebook, there would be no societally acceptable way to message girls out of the blue on their birthday mm-hmm. and try to set up a date with them. That's right. That's right. Jake, I meant, just don't be I, a creep. How about that? I'm, uh, what's creepy about that? <laughs> just no, happy no, birthday. I, I, and say, a smiley face. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. Maybe. Uh, okay, there, there it is. There it is. What are you going to say, Siri? Oh, just that I met my, my wife and I got, like, we met once at a party but then, like, Twitter is kind of where the courtship happened. Like, we were tweeting at each other. We sent each other Facebook messages. And, then, like, we got married. Like, there, it's not all terrible. Like, a lot of good shit happens, too. Dick's constantly getting laid. But my cool friend wife. with the engagement ring that I talked about, they met on Facebook yeah. because I made him get a Facebook account. He immediately reconnected with her from high school. Boom. Married. Yeah, there you go. But I guess it, I, he, I cost him a thousand bucks, too. So Bro, maybe yeah. that's a wash. Pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. You know, guys, I've made some of my best friends. I've I've met people on Facebook, and but before that, I I've and I've also dated people I've met on Facebook. It's been great for for stuff like that. But it's it's uh, I don't think it's because of Facebook. I think it's in spite of Facebook. I used to meet those people. I used to meet those people on IRC. I used to meet those people in chat rooms on forums. Sometimes it'd but be, you couldn't browse through all their photos on IRC. Yeah, and you had to re- you had to take their word for it. Exactly. Uh, I would ask you. You know what? You could send your people, woman, huh? You could send people pictures back and forth back in the yeah, day. Yeah, someone else. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> I could send pictures of a super hot lady called Big Boobs Bikini. You. Oh, that was you, serious. I'm still hurt. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. What were you guys' problems? I had engineering sexism. My problem is burlesque dancers. And my problem was Facebook. The real winner. Don't listen to these two broads. Oh, just before I split. Uh, the the comedy publishing outfit that I'm a part of, Devastator Press. First off, I want to say thanks to everyone that bought my book, The Enemies of 20-something Mega Man. That was totally awesome. Like a shitload of people bought the book thanks to your guys' podcast, so That's I really great. appreciate it. Uh, we have a new book out. It's called Gross Lumps. 
and it's a Goosebumps parody written by like P.F. Klein or something like that. We all wrote little Goosebumps parody stories for it. It's a book of short stories. I wrote a book called My Parents' Divorced Lawyers Are Aliens. And so <laughs> you pick up the book. It's called Gross Lumps at DevastatorPress.com. You can read my story. You can read uh, stories about haunted tiki bras that make girls' boobs too big. Whoa, whoa, stop. <laughs> stop. Stop there. That is really I'm scary. I'm sold. Everybody's sold. Yeah. That is so funny. So check it out. Uh, serious, yeah. I, and thank you, by the way. I got your twenty uh, enemies of 20-something Mega Man last time. It was so funny uh, oh, reading through. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and guys, if you if you still haven't checked it out, you're fucking up in your life. Uh, check this out. And I also want to plug Devastated Press because I have oh, yeah. actually, they've published uh, some of my work. What I, I forget the uh, the episode, but I, I wrote something, and I'm also wor- working on uh, a piece for the December issue, which is a horror themed. I don't know if that's a, a spoiler. No, it's away. okay. Yeah. we yeah. gotta get Dick. We gotta get you in there. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, good. All right, Dick. We'll set it up. Very enthused. Very <laughs> enthused. Anyway, guys, DevastatorsPress.com. Yeah. And uh, a seri- check out a series of work, uh, Gross gross Lumps, right? Yeah, the, the Gross book. Lumps and the Enemies of 20-something Mega Man. And thank all of you. I really like you guys. Thank you so much. And Thanks. thank you two, yeah. too. Thank, thank you for you, coming on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And you are our first ever repeat guest. So, again, don't forget, guys, vote on the Facebook problem. Uh, Facebook the- is- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh my god. That was fucking awesome. Good job, guys.